You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 33. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm blessed to work at a Christian school where once a month uh, an administrative team of directors and principals, we get together and meet for what we call our A-team meeting or administrative team meeting. And one of the joys of these meetings is that we get to hear a devotional from our superintendent, who is an amazing woman of God and a lover of God's word. And at this particular devotion, she shared some of Oswald Chambers' writings on abandonment. And I knew immediately that I wanted to use this week's song, Live With Abandon, by Newsboys. And the funny thing is, her devotion inspired me to begin exploring in Scripture. It really didn't lead me to where I thought it would, but the journey was fun all the same. So let's get into it and jump right into the song. So listening to this verse makes me think of King Solomon in the Old Testament. And you really pick up his story beginning in 1 Kings chapter 1. And I encourage you to take some time to read it this week. It reads like a storybook, like a story. It has interesting characters. It's got some pretty dramatic circumstances at the beginning of his reign. And I also love that it gives us David's um, sort of deathbed statement to Solomon. I think it's interesting that we get to see what David chose to tell him as his last words, so to speak. So I want to read you a portion of the scripture, actually, where Solomon is bestowed his wisdom from God. I mean, he was known as the wisest man that ever lived, and this section of scripture tells us why. And you can tell by his request to God that he, too, wanted his life to count. He, too, sensed a higher calling, kind of like our song in this first verse talks about. So I'll start reading in First Kings chapter 3. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon, so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David. 
because he's, he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Now again, that comes from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. So the reason I wanted to introduce you to King Solomon and really share with you this story of how he was bestowed his wisdom was because that he, he wrote another book in the Old Testament, and its name is Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes is a book of perspective. And so I really wanted to introduce you to Solomon, show you how he was bestowed wisdom so that you could understand that he really was very, very wise. God even said that um, he will have understanding such as no one else has, has had or ever will have. And so through this wisdom, you, you, it kind of gives credibility, I guess, to this book of Ecclesiastes. Um, it is, however, um, a book of perspective. I'm going to explain that in a minute. The author doesn't reveal himself by name. He doesn't say, hi, I'm Solomon, and I'm writing this book. Most scholars, however, though, believe with the context clues written within the book that it was written by Solomon, and the dating shows it to be written toward the end of his reign. Now, the author of the of Ecclesiastes calls himself the teacher in some versions. He's also called the preacher. So the narrative of the teacher, as Solomon refers to himself, is somewhat dark, and it reveals kind of a depression that inevitably results from seeking happiness in worldly things. So if you pick up Ecclesiastes, you might go, huh, this is... This is kind of a depressing book, and it really does, though, give us a chance to see the world through the eyes of a person who, though is very wise, is trying to find meaning in temporary human things. And most every form of worldly pleasure is explored by this teacher, by Solomon, and none of it gives him a sense of meaning. And in the end, the teacher comes to accept that faith in God is the only way to find personal meaning. And he decides to accept the fact that life is brief brief, and ultimately worthless without God. And the teacher advises the reader to focus on an eternal God instead of temporary pleasure. And it really reminds me of the first verse of our song. I mean, in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a phrase that jumped out in my mind for sure. And that phrase is like chasing after the wind. And so when our lyric says... Chasing after this world makes me tired. And then uh, chasing after the world is just like chasing after the wind. I mean, you can never really catch it. And the only thing that chasing it does 
is the only thing it's going to do for you is wear you out. So this is the point where I want to take a moment to explain the thought process that I go through when I'm studying God's word. And there's no right or wrong way, but I feel like kind of by giving you my example of what I, what I do, it might give you some ideas. But remember, there, there are just so many different ways to interact with God's word every day. And it's been a long time since I've said this on the podcast, but my goal for you each week is not for you to use this podcast as a devotion. My prayer is that you are actively involved in your local church, so you should be receiving a biblical message each week there, and then many of you participate in additional weekly Bible studies or small groups or Sunday schools or something like that. I really don't feel like you need another devotional. What I really want this podcast to do and what I feel led to do through this podcast is to get you to interact with God's word on a daily basis and let his word sink in enough to change the way you think and ultimately to change your life. And it shouldn't be a burden or just an item on your checklist, but I do want to say it may start out that way. So I hope that I can provide and I hope that you can discover a variety of ways to interact with God's word so that you can find some of those ways that really work for you. But I also want to challenge you to stretch beyond yourself a little bit, give you different ideas so that the word can be an exciting place to hang out in. And so, uh, of course, I on this podcast, I'm using Christian music as a, as a catalyst to get into God's word, but you can use anything. So you might be, you might, obviously you kind of agree with me. You like Christian music or you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, but you can use a reading plan that you're doing. Maybe you're following a reading plan on you version or, uh, through another uh, resource that you have. You could use a sermon from Sunday morning. Your your sermons on Sunday morning are packed with scripture that you could probably go back and unpack and find the context and read a little bit more around where your pastor or preacher is, is teaching from. You could use a Bible study plan or, uh, you know, like if you're in a small group or a Bible study, do the homework and things that associated with that, but then use that those areas of scripture that you're studying to just catapult you to kind of sit in and around and and maybe use that as a catalyst to jump to new places. Uh, But once you're in God's word, I do want you to remember that God's word is the vehicle by which he reveals himself to us. So we can actually get to know this God that we serve. We can have a relationship with him and that is what he desires. So beware Please don't approach the word of God. Don't approach reading your Bible or interacting with your Bible as informational only, but it should be relational so that it can uh, really complete its work in us because of that relationship with God. Then he can move us to this place of transformation. So again, really contrasting this this idea of information versus relationship. And then that leads to transformation. So once you have been thrust into the word of God through a song, a sermon, a lesson, or just a a good habit of picking up your Bible and reading it, you might run across what we've run across today or what I ran across as I was preparing for this podcast. And that is the idea of repetition. 
Now, most of the time when God's word is repetitive, it's because it's something that he really wants us to understand. And in this case, this repetition that I found here in Ecclesiastes may just reveal kind of the multiple facets of something. So here's my thought process. I hear a devotion. It's funny because normally I hear a song and it leads me to the scripture. But this week I heard a devotion, which led me to a song. And then I, when I looked at the first verse of this song, it led me to Ecclesiastes because the phrase in our song is so similar to a phrase that I found in Ecclesiastes. But because I'm trying to teach you to understand context, before I jumped into Ecclesiastes, I thought, you know, let me tell them a little bit about the author of Ecclesiastes, which led me to 1 Kings, which is what I read to you to kind of give you the backstory of who Solomon is, this author of Ecclesiastes. Then I jump back to Ecclesiastes because our song says, Chasing After the World, and Ecclesiastes says, Chasing After the Wind. But when I got to Ecclesiastes to see where it used that phrase, Chasing After the Wind, I found that it was used eight times. And I didn't realize that. I'd never, I mean, I've read Ecclesiastes before, but I never counted how many times it was used. So right there, that repetition would normally lead me to explore further what the context is around um, every time that phrase is used. So what does Solomon tell us is like chasing the wind? What is like chasing the wind according to this wisest man that ever lived? You thought I was going to tell you, right? Well, I'm not. Because you're going to have to seek it out yourself. And actually, this is homework for me too, because I haven't actually completed this task yet myself. I can't wait to do it though. It really has my curiosity peaked eight times. What do you think Solomon says is like chasing the wind? So my recommendation to you at this point would be to go to your favorite Bible study tool. Maybe it's YouVersion or BibleHub.com or BibleGateway.com or just an old-fashioned concordance to search Ecclesiastes for the phrase, like chasing the wind. Then you can write those those references down and then pull out your Bible and begin to read around those verses to see what the teacher tells us is like chasing the wind. Then you write down how you think that that might apply to life today. Maybe write down a situation in your own life that you might actually fit that description, you know? I mean, who knows? Maybe you are doing things that the the wisest man that ever lived teaches us are like chasing the wind. And so I can't wait to see what it says. Can you? I mean, before you know it, you'll have read, if not the entire book of Ecclesiastes, it's not that long in your search, at least major portions of this book by kind of following this little rabbit of trying to figure out what are the, the eight times that the book talks about things are like chasing the wind. You'll look up at the clock, you'll be amazed that you've spent so much time in God's word and that it was actually kind of exciting and fun. Now, your interaction with God's Word every day won't always be so ADD-like. I mean, I was bouncing all over the place, but I wanted to express to you how sometimes that's how it is for me. Um, It's just uh, getting lost in in, in following this rabbit trail. Sometimes it's getting lost in a story. Sometimes it's just more prayer and communication with God that I'm learning something new Um, But sometimes it can just be downright exhilarating if we take the time and if we give ourselves kind of a freedom. Because when you're trying to check something off a list, there's not a lot of freedom. It's just like get this done and move on to the next thing. 
So, but back to our song, I do agree with the newsboys that there must be something more to life than this, something more to life than chasing the wind, like Ecclesiastes says. And the opposite of chasing the world is living for God with abandon. So this is where I get back to the devotion that inspired me to pick this week's song in the first place. My boss's devotion was based on an article by Oswald Chambers, and it can be found in My Utmost for His Highest. Now, if you don't have a copy of My Utmost for His Highest, you really need to get one. Uh, they often have them in Christian bookstores, $5 or less on the on the end um, caps of the shelves. But utmost.org is a free place to access all of his writings. You can even download an app that'll kind of um, give you a daily reading. It's $5 for your tablet or smartphone. And, and it, again, a daily devotional. And um, so this is where I get this article on abandonment. And I have to warn you, this article on abandonment is pretty thought-provoking. I've read it several times. I understand it a little better each time. Uh, it's one of those things where if you kind of read it quickly and move on, you're going to miss a good portion of it, partly because it's written in a little bit older English than we're used to, but um, mostly because it's pretty deep thinking. And so if you already have a copy of my utmost for his highest, you will find this article on March 12th and 13th of the Daily Devotional Resource. I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well. You can find that at michellekneezat.com forward slash 33. Click on the link. It'll send you right to the article so that you can read the whole thing yourself. I'm not going to read both days to you. Now, this devotion lists Mark um, 10, 28 as its jumping off point. So um, each time, if you look in my utmost for his highest, it will have either a, a verse reference or a portion of verse reference at the top and then go into like a discussion. But you would really do yourself a disservice if you never use that like, devotion to jump into the, the Bible, God's word, to see the context. So that's what I did. I basically said, okay, Mark 10, 28, let's go see wh where the context is of this verse. And I found that it is the story of the rich man who approached Jesus to ask him what he must do to gain eternal life. And Jesus' answer really surprised this guy. And it also surprised Christ's dis disciples. His answer ultimately was asking this man to live with abandon. He, he asked him not to count the cost of following him. And in this case, he specifically asked this rich man to sell everything he owned and give it to the poor. And the rich man went away sad because he was very wealthy and obviously unwilling to do this. And he was unwilling to live with total abandon because when he counted the cost, he considered it too high. And then at the toward, uh, after this man goes away, Peter jumps in, and this is where our verse is. And I love Peter. I mean, he's kind of like, ooh, ooh, pick me. We gave up everything to follow you, Jesus. And Jesus kind of replies, you sure did, Peter. And it will result in gaining more than you ever gave up, 
even eternal life. Oh, and some persecution too. You got to read it. You got to read it in context to understand it. But Peter didn't get it. Uh, But honestly, he didn't get it because he was already living with abandon. He was already 100% in. He already had not counted the cost. But Oswald Chambers says in response to Peter's quote in Mark chapter 10, verse 28, when he says, we've given up everything to follow you. And then here's what Oswald Chambers has to say. Our Lord replies, in effect, that abandonment is for himself and not for what the disciples will get from it. Beware of an abandonment which has the commercial spirit in it. The, the spirit that says, I'm going to give myself to God because I want to be delivered from sin, because I want to be made holy. All that is the result of being right with God. All of that comes with being right with God is what Oswald Chambers is saying. But that spirit is not of the essential nature of Christianity. Abandonment is not for anything at all. We've got so commercialized that we only go to God for something from him and not for himself. That's good. He goes on to say, it's like saying, no, Lord, I don't want you. I want myself, but I want myself clean and filled with the Holy, the Holy Ghost. I want to be put in your showroom and be able to say, this is what God has done for me. If we only give up something to God because we want more back, there is nothing of the Holy Spirit in our abandonment. It is miserable, commercial self-interest. Wow, that's good. Oswald Chambers ends his discussion on abandonment with this. Abandonment never produces the consciousness of its own effort because the whole life is uh, is taken up with the one to whom we abandon. And there, here's, here's Oswald Chambers' warning. Beware of talking about abandonment if you know nothing about it, and you will never know nothing, anything about it until you've realized that John 3.16 means that God gave himself absolutely. In our abandonment, we give ourselves over to God just as God gave himself for us without any calculation. The consequence of abandonment never enters into our outlook because our life is taken up with him. Wow. Beware of talking about or singing about abandonment if you know nothing about it. It's serious advice. But if you read Mark chapter 10, you see that whatever we lose, quote unquote, lose in our abandonment to him is nothing compared with what we gain. I'm trying to learn that myself. I admitted that last week in my own transparency moments. I don't know that I'm fully abandoned to him. But I sure want to be, and I want my life to be taken up with him. And my prayers, Lord, help me want you more than anything and live my life with abandon. So what's next? Well, I would love it if you would join me in completing that study in Ecclesiastes that I talked about earlier to explore those eight references to like chasing the wind. I wonder what we'll find. And then I don't know if you don't know much about King Solomon, his story begins in first Kings, as I mentioned. And then, of course, if you, you know, once you read through first Kings or just start exploring that story, you could swing over to Mark chapter 10 to discover Christ's teaching that's really congruent with this idea of total abandon. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. 
Facebook is my public page is Michelle L. Nizat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Or you can leave a comment on this week's show notes. MichelleNizat.com uh, forward slash 33. And then just a quick, a few quick announcements before we leave today. Remember Peter's declaration of giving up everything. And remember that as a challenge to us this week. Every time you look at your smartphone or your tablet or your bathroom mirror. And how are you going to do that? Well, I've created free memory verse resources for you. If you log on to michellekneesat.com and subscribe to my email list, I will email them to you each week. It's my gift to you just to thank you for listening. And thank you in advance for taking the time to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and leaving a star rating and a written review. And if you've been listening for a while now and you've, you've been meaning to review the podcast, would you consider taking the time this week to do it? I would really appreciate it. If you head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash review, it'll take you to the page to review the podcast. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So a big thank you to MC for your kind review this week. Your your words really meant a lot. And then finally, did you notice my big oops last week? Ah, I promised a sneak peek of my daughter's first podcast, and I forgot to actually add it to the end. And so I promise I'm going to do it this time. If you keep listening after the end of this episode, you'll you'll see a sneak peek of her first podcast episode, Meredith. She's seven years old, and her podcast is on the names of God and will be called More Than a Name. And I'm going to email everybody on my mailing list when it's officially available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. But until then, you'll get a sneak peek after this week's episode. This time, I promise. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will feature Let Them See You by the J.J. Weeks Band. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 33. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. This is More Than a Name with Meredith Nisa, Episode 1. My name is Meredith and I'm 7 years old and this is the podcast dedicated to telling others about the names of God. If we get to know his name, we get to know him. This week's Name is Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. This means chosen by God to carry out God's purpose. God's purpose for Jesus was to wipe us clean from sin. And he did that by dying on the cross. I want to tell you about when Jesus was called the Messiah. Jesus was walking along and John the Baptist pointed him out and said, Look, the Lamb of God! And then two of John's disciples followed Jesus. One of their names was Andrew. Then we see this verse. John chapter 1 verses 41 and 42. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah and that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. I would do the same thing. I would tell my sister. I hope y'all believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that you will tell others about him. 
Before I leave today, I would like to ask you to subscribe to my podcast in iTunes and tell your friends all about it. One more thing. My mom is Michelle Nisa, and she has a podcast called More Than a Song. You should check it out. Until next time, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on your God. Thank you.